Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and this week we take a closer look at a new sci-fi thriller. It's called Life, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, and one of my favorite filmmakers on the planet, Texan Robert Benton, was just in Dallas. Look back on the life and times of the writer-director who brought us Bonnie and Clyde, Places in the Heart, and Kramer vs. Kramer. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. Life on a new planet deserves wine from a new place, and we've talked about some emerging wine regions a bit lately. So today we'll take on wines from Patagonia, and we'll raise a glass to Robert Benton with wines from great Texans, Craig and Catherine Hall, and their Hall wines. But first, Gary, let's talk about life. We just walked out of the well. We. We yes. just walked out of life. <laughs> not a bad metaphor. Uh, not an awful film. No, we actually sat through the whole thing. We sat film, through the yes. whole thing and then we, <laughs> we walked out of the theater. And then we left the theater. <laughs> to come and record this. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say this. I think Life is a one-hour film, and it's a pretty good one-hour film. It's just under two hours. And then and then it starts narrating itself, and then it starts explaining everything it's doing. Uh, yeah. It assumes the entire audience is an idiot. Uh, and, and it's a creature feature. Uh-huh. I, these movies... These is it like mo- The Blob? Did The Blob... The, the blob almost it's wanted not to, unlike to the blob, blob <laughs> through the projector. It's like a creature feature, and it's like a ghost movie, and they all have the same premise. But in a ghost movie, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, westerns became sci-fi films. Right. Westerns round up the you know round up the spaceship. The aliens are coming. Uh-huh. Well, in these movies, it, the spaceship is a ghost, is a is a is a haunted house, and there's a creature in it, or there's a ghost, and it starts killing off everybody one by one, and you in in a different room every time mm-hmm. almost like the you know the game clue and it, it <laughs> and they're all very similar in their and I'm in the life pod yes the concept driven film with a, with a wrench <laughs> and then also what we know about alien you know the great alien movie and uh, that Ridley Scott did and then aliens the sequel actually that James Cameron did it's just great stuff mm-hmm. uh, I I can't put this I can no. put it in the same breath but barely it's not really that but it's derivative of that because it's a creature on a spaceship, and they all start getting bumped off. And these are famous actors. It's Ryan Reynolds, and it's, it's Idris Elba, Idris Elba, and it's Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hall. and the girl in it, um, Rebecca Ferguson, mm-hmm. um, who's actually very good in the film. Actually, there's two women, and they're both very good in the film. Everybody's fine in the film. She played the girlfriend of Hugh Grant and Florence Foster Jenkins. That's her. Yeah. I like her. I, I'm interested yes. to see what her career is going to do because I, I think she's she's a British actress that I think is is kind of interesting. And it's a big movie. I mean, it opened uh, you know it opened in the second week of Beauty and the Beast, so it's it's probably up to around thirty million dollars now and worldwide. It's I mean it's going to make a whole bunch of money in Europe. 
and actually for an hour you kind of you kind of cover your eyes a little bit and watch it because you know something you know something's going to happen and and yeah i think that there there was almost a there was a, a kind of wonderful sense of discovery in mm-hmm. the the first part of of the film and and, and it's a little derivative of the Martian mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're on their way back from Mars. They're all intact. They've sent, they've sent a pod out yeah. to that gathered samples gathered that has samples. now come back to the space station. And the space station is their their laboratory because you don't want to take anything down to Earth if it's you know, right, right toxic or anything. And this is a creature feature. So I, can I just say what the creature looks like because this it's been out a week. Yeah, but it looks like a, a giant manta ray with a lot of gak on it uh-huh. and about eight more. Kind of arms. Lots and of things. arms. It, it doesn't and, and, really and resemble. And a big, like, a big snake head. Yeah. It's got a, a big co- cobra head. It has, it does but, have a but cobra then, head. But then opens that. That's it, also kind of like a flower. It keeps opening up and revealing more um, phases of scariness. What's the name of the artist from New Mexico? Yes, very George O'Keefe. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. So it's it's a, it's slightly alien driven. It's a little Georgia O'Keefe. It looks like a manta ray with maybe a possible snake's head. Yeah. And then they give it a name. And then they give it a name. So. <laughs> I'm going to say also without giving anything away, the ending to the movie is really bad. That's and stupid. so it's really stupid. And so you and, I I rolled my eyes and I and there are there Two possible endings to this movie. Uh-huh. One slightly better than the other. Both are bad. <laughs> but they chose the wrong one and they chose the bad one. Well, they chose. I thought it was. You obvious. started laughing. I thought it was completely obvious. You, because I looked at you and I said what I thought was going to happen, right. and you're like, no, no, nah, that's not going to happen. This that. movie, this movie isn't smart. <laughs> <laughs> at all. But there's no smart ending to this. Well, and you know. and there were lots of things that, that I found um, a little problematic. But, well, in science or what? Well, it, I mean, it has been out already, so again... Yeah, it, you can say a little bit about well, it. Well, I mean, it's it's one creature. It's one alien. Right. But how the alien is formed is by a whole bunch of different cells coming together but they make it kind of a point to say that each cell is its own independent life form. So why aren't there thousands of these that, things? Exactly. Why is there only one guy that's like ruining everything? Why didn't they all start splitting off and figuring out a way to... Well, that's a bigger budget movie. You have to create each one. Well, <laughs> and then there is... It's a ghost story. There's a white mouse in the film that that just sat in the laboratory <laughs> in a harness the whole time like he never got to go out and have like you know photo hour with the rest of the No the there's no mice time there's absolutely no rat or mice time <laughs> And and time. I just didn't like seeing the mouse it it never it was never it never got out of its little harness Well it serves it a purpose in the movie and then it I serves know, uh, but... it serves an alien purpose in the movie <laughs> gulp gulp you know but uh yeah it's I, so I, if I was grading this movie and I I would rather use words than grades it's probably a C plus at uh, best. Uh, yeah, am I being generous? <laughs> I think so. Because I don't think it's an awful no, film. The, and the first part of the film, I, I do think there was a nice kind of wonderment in the yeah. the, the discovery of of what could be, and then it all yeah. went downhill. Yeah, because you know you know what it is because the trailers kind of <laughs> give all of it away. Yeah. You know. So anyway, uh, so I, I, life, um, better films to come, and reflective of movies that I think come out this time of year with big mm-hmm. stars. Mm-hmm. So some of them are much worse than others. Uh, we're really getting ready to start April now, so 
um, they're, they're going to slightly probably get a little bit better, but not that much. It's it's kind of life better than most films this time of year. That's but, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. Let's talk about wine that that is better. How's that? Well, how are you going to pair with an alien space movie? Because it's wait. It, they're finding new life in new areas. It's a new frontier, yes. Mars is a new frontier. <laughs> God, I want, do you think they'll ever grow wine on the moon? Um, I don't no. think the atmosphere would actually allow for no, it. it. But ha- that, that's a very it interesting. It does have a big walk. cool down. It's a very interesting to walk question, though. <laughs> it's very hot at one point and very cold at another, which is actually quite a bit like Patagonia. Thank you for my. Patagonia. Thank you for my lead-in. So, um, where's Patagonia? Southernmost region in in Argentina. Right. And so, Argentine wines are certainly not. It's something way down new, there, but it is. It's yeah. it's very very far south. Um, and and really up until a handful of years ago, it was it was mostly desert land until they started um, kind of developing it and planting vineyards and and. Um, and and like I said, you know, wines from Argentina have certainly been around for a while. We know about the great Malbacs of Mendoza, the Salta region also, high elevation, um, really great Tarantas, I think, actually comes from from Salta. And and so, but this part of, of Argentina, in the southern part, uh, what makes their wines so interesting and I think why, why they're kind of um, really emerging on on the wine scenes with their their Malbec, with their Cab, Cab Franc, even a little bit of Pinot Noir is that you have very, very hot days and then you also have very cool nights. And so it's one of the longest growing seasons, which actually allows for a really, really slow ripening of fruit, which which you want. Then it's just not all in your face, big, hmm. intense, you know, big, juicy red fruit. It's actually um, a, a really kind of restrained wines with with a, a, a kind of normal, you know, for 13 to, to 15% alcohol levels, which is what we tend to see from from you know kind yeah, of those Malbecs and, and and um cabernets especially kind of new world wines but there's also a really nice freshness to it and that's really what you want to look for that's what makes them food friendly that's what makes them approachable and and there's also a, a kind of minerality from these very um, nutrient rich soils and and again you have these this this these cool breezes that come off the andes that that keep the freshness with this really interesting um, layer of minerality that just seems to be making really interesting wines and and something that I think we'll continue to see a lot of and it's it it has gotten you know there there are a handful of different producers that that are making kind of a name for themselves one of the biggest is Bodega Delfin del Mundo that Say is that one more time Bodega <laughs> Delfin del, del Mundo, Mundo. Um, and hmm. Michelle Roland is uh-huh. is behind it, and Michelle Roland is a, a very very um, well regarded, highly um, very famous enologist from France that um, kind of makes the big intense California cabs makes big. It's he 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 makes Robert Parker wines. He makes high rated, very big fruit. Um, lots of, of of big bold characteristics kind of wine that um, again from from this area though seem to be kind of taking all of that power and all that strength but also adding in a nice layer of freshness. Mm. Another one um, is called Malma that is Malma. Malma. It's and um, again they're kind of signature varieties Malbec Cab um, Sav Cab Sauvignon Cab Franc. 
Um, it's 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 interesting. I'm I'm excited to kind of continue to see how how these wines do over the next few. So years. is Patagonia? Am I thinking Gauchos? Um, it's you have your Gauchos, which are the cowboys of Argentina, right. all throughout yeah. um, all throughout the country. It's it's um it's great fishing. It's a it's a really great fishing huge fly fishing area. Um, Big community. fish, and it's uh, just from my my experience I had with Francis Malman a couple of months ago that we talked about um, on the show with Bodega Garzon. Uh, though he has his place in Uruguay and he has uh, he has several restaurants in throughout Argentina. Patagonia is his home, and it's kind of where he said his his heart will always be in Patagonia, which uh, I just always love that. And I think it's because it is such a a for someone who likes to, the the kind of rustic side and a, the wild side and the very kind of traditional side of of South America. It it kind of inhabits all of that, and and it is some of the best fishing I think that you can ever find in the world. Well, congratulations because you've taken an utterly average to below average <laughs> movie going experience uh, and then elevated it, yeah, which, yeah. which we you can do with wine, which I think is fantastic. Uh, when we come back on wine and film a perfect pairing, we're going to chat about a very special evening we both got to be a part of uh, earlier this week. It's with the Dallas Film Society, celebrating the great Texan, the filmmaker, one of my favorites on the planet, Robert Benton. And we will be right back. And welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Uh, can we talk about the great Robert Benton? Absolutely. I'm chomping to do this. Ch- yeah. Is chomping the right word? So you've heard me talk about Robert Benton a lot, and the, earlier this week we, we got to spend an evening with him and his wife Sally. It was a really special I, night. I, I think his son was there. Yeah. It's an honor. It's called Art of Film, and it, it honors a, a filmmaker or an actor uh, or somebody in the film business every year. And last year it was Isabella Rossellini. And this year it's the great Robert Benton, who uh, I found out, I thought was born and raised in Waxahachie, but was not. He grew up in Oak Cliff. Yeah. Just probably down the street from Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> uh, Robertson is close to mid-80s now, sure, I think. Sure, And uh, But back in the day, and then he moved to Waxahachie somewhere around 10 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so his memories of growing up are mostly there as a Texan. And, you know, his mother Dorothy and his father Ellery. And his dad, I, I found out some things about him, Robert Benton, that I didn't know. But Robert Benton's dad attended both Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow's separate funerals. That's and also, both of his uncles were killed, were oh, murdered. Wow. Wow. And, and and so he had a connection with Bonnie and Clyde in an early, early day. Early on, yeah, sure. They, you know, the, the murders of his un- both uncles were not connected to Bonnie and Clyde. But he had a connection with Bonnie and Clyde, and then he ends up writing the screenplay. So mm-hmm. and, and Warren Beatty produced that film, stars in it, and Faye Dunaway was there and with us. And she was lovely. And, lovely and, and sweet. Yeah, very because, generous. Because uh, Faye Dunaway can be difficult, but was sweet and lovely and... Couldn't be nicer all night long. Took a lot well, of photos and, and chatted with everybody. Yeah, yeah. and he, he really, there was definitely a love fest going on. He was very, one, I thought he just, he was so generous. He's very generous in conversation, very generous mm-hmm. in spirit, um, incredibly gracious, and really kind of I, I wanted to deflect. He said a few times, I'm talking too much. And it's kind of like, that's why you're here. No, we, lo- we love yeah. you. But in his, you know, talking about Faye Dunaway and, and everything that she brought to to that 
part and and how how she she brought the style and she brought the look and 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 the film wouldn't have been the same. I, I just found it to be very very um, classy and very charming because it was directed by Arthur Penn. So Robert Penn eventually went on to do some other great films. We'll get to, but Bonnie and Clyde is an iconic film, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a little bit of French New Wave in there because a lot of things that happened in Bonnie and Clyde uh, were not really even allowed by censors. Back in 1967, you couldn't make some of these kinds of films. And the first time, I think somebody was shot in the face with a gun, that the violence was more than most films, that it acted like it was celebrating the violence because those characters did. Mm-hmm. You know, they're robbing banks and killing people, and they, they, you know, they just wanted to be famous. As For the Robert fame. That's For the so, fame. Yeah. They just wanted to be famous. They didn't and care about the money. No. They wanted to buy lots of things, and then they wanted Yeah, to and they went out young, and they I went out early. I know a lot of people... <laughs> And, and yet the film is just an iconic. It was nominated for 10 Oscars in 1967. So here's the list of other 1967 movies. Yeah. And when you think of the great years of movies, we always bring up 1939, Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but listen to this year. Uh, the Graduate, In Cold Blood, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Wait Until Dark, In the Heat of the Night, The Jungle Book, the original animated film, Cool Hand Luke, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Barefoot in the Park, Camelot. Camelot. How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, and, and then and Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. And I think and The Graduate wins Best Picture that year, but uh, and Robert Benton was nominated for writing Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. But, and I think it won two. Um, uh, won a Supporting Actress, uh, and then uh, another one, I can't remember which one, maybe Film Editing. But Robert Douglas Benton went on to do Kramer versus Kramer. He wrote Superman for Richard Donner. He wrote that original Superman movie. Wow. And he he wrote What's Up, Doc, yeah. the Peter Bogdanovich film, yeah. which is iconic for a lot of people. But Kramer versus Kramer was a huge deal, oh. just a huge deal with, with Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep and, Meryl Streep and, and, and discovering the, the, the young boy in it. And as Benton said, they were all spent after making that movie. They were exhausted. Mm-hmm. And and they, they gave it all. And, of course, that, that film was actually won the Oscar, I think, in its year. Uh, in 1979, I think, uh, eight nominations. It won five, including Best Picture. Benton wins Best Director. He wins Best Screenplay. Hoffman wins Best Actor, yeah, and Meryl Streep wins Supporting yeah, Actress. Yeah, uh, And that year, 1979, Apocalypse Now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, all That Jazz. Wow. Norma Ray. Yeah. Sally Field won yeah. her first Oscar. Well, and yeah. because we talked a little bit about this, and, and wow. cause you had commented on how interesting that Meryl Streep was, was nominated as a Supporting Actress yes. instead of as Best Actress. Um, whereas Dustin Hoffman was nominated for Best Actor. And, and I think just from what Robert Benton had said was they knew that Sally Field, had she was a shoe-in, and so they wanted to so they celebrate. Yeah, they yeah. wanted to, the Academy wanted to celebrate. They Real do, they Street position Street. those things. Uh, yeah. Robert Benton also wrote an X-rated, uh, a bit in an X-rated off-Broadway musical called Oh, Calcutta. And as he said, he lived off it for three years. Oh, wow. He didn't make any money writing some things. But he, but he, <laughs> Oh, Calcutta is, is full nudity, off-Broadway oh musical, gosh. raunchy, yeah. fascinating. But uh, I, I, I'm, and then he does Places in the Heart in 1984, which is seven Oscar nominations. It won two and Sally Field wins mm-hmm. again. That's where she made that famous speech, You Like Me. And you know, she never said, You Really Like Me. She just said, You Like Me, You Like Me. 
Mm-hmm. And we all throw in really, uh, but she never actually said that. That's the year of Amadeus, Passage to India, Starman, The Natural, The Killing Fields, mm-hmm. Footloose, Purple Rain, Romancing the Stone. Benton's nominated for six Oscars, has won three. I, I think he's one of the most amazing writers and directors we've ever had on the planet. And Places of the Heart was his kind of homage, just like all of his films, a lot about Texas and a lot about growing up in Waxahachie. Those places in are really places in his heart. Mm-hmm. If you ever get a chance to watch this, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Places in the Heart or you haven't seen it in a number of years, uh, get it. We need to do that one yeah. night because yeah. the ending of that movie is one of the most meaningful endings ever. It's just stunningly beautiful and uh, kind of takes your breath away. Yeah. And it reflects Robert Benton's uh, look at humanity and how he's he's a human being who kind of looks at people and looks at the best in them. But he can also write about difficult subjects and difficult people. But he honors all of his characters. He kind of believes in his characters, whether they're good, morally good or morally bad. Mm-hmm. He's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So I... I I, I'm, I was like a kid in a candy store, Haley. You were, and the I was the, a little giddy. Well, and your interview goofy. was was wonderful, and it was just really, really impressive to see someone with with so much uh, <laughs> to to have all of the credits that he has to be so so gracious, and and that's you hope that like that's the person that you hope that that all of us will be, you know, be when we're 84 years old. And it's the opposite of a temperamental, famous Hollywood type. You know, we hear this a lot in politics. You Hollywood elitist. If you ever say that about my friend Robert Benton, um, I'm going to hose you off. I'm going to get an ice-cold hose, and I'm going to hose you down. Yeah. Because it's just ridiculous. It's amazing. So, thank you. Thank you, Robert Benton, for the trip to Dallas and the chance to hang out and— and also screening Bonnie and Clyde for an audience and having Faye Dunaway speak a little bit. And I, this, this is really, really fun stuff. But we drank some good wine. Well, and that's what was kind of fun Because also. it was a sit-down dinner it event a, it with wine event. pairings. Exactly. And, and so just kind of taking off of, of the beautiful wines that were poured for, for Art of Film from their honorary chairs for this year, um, Craig and Catherine Hall. We've been fans of Hall Wines for, for a have. number of years and have visited the winery and kind of, I think that might have been on our first our first trip to Napa. Oh, I think it was because they had those, they had such striking architecture. Right. It's or, or, or artwork, all of their artwork. Well, and that their was, installation artwork things. That was yeah. kind of when when the the hall started their winery in Napa, and and she's actually she is California. Um, her family had vineyards in Mendocino, um, and then Craig Hall is here from here in Dallas. He's chairman and founder of the Hall Group, which is based in Dallas, um, which does a lot of of. Um, real estate and kind of big entrepreneurial ventures and that sort of thing. Um, structured financial lending, da-da-da-da-da. Um, lots of philanthropy as well. They, the Both of them have done uh, an incredible amount of, of philanthropy. But growing up in this vineyard, Catherine Hall always kind of knew that she wanted a winery that, that showcased both fine wine as well as, as art. And and to have, have kind of a... a as much of a, a gallery that you would think of mm-hmm. an art gallery as well as as a place to go and enjoy really great wines and they've done that um she was also ambassador to austria she was she was an ambassador exactly the united states yeah. they're they're incredible couple incredible you know have 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 incredible backgrounds that that they both bring together but then have 
established this 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 fantastic winery in Napa. From um, they have the St. Helena Bergfield, the former Bergfield winery that um, they bought in 2003, and um, then they also have their Rutherford winery. That that's the one that we went to, mm-hmm. and. Um, but it's a lot of Rutherford fruit. I want to say they have over 500 acres uh, of of land in Napa growing um, classic, your classic Bordeaux varieties, Cabernet Merlot, Sauvignon Blanc. Um, one of the, we had both of their just Napa Cab as well as the their Sauvignon Blanc last night. And both of them were so, that Sauvignon Blanc was just so crisp and refreshing and lively really beautiful and then i found and you 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 kind of have that and we've talked about it before that classic kind of rutherford dust the yes. earthiness it's that, on the back end that comes out but there was also such a nice layer of dark chocolate and and lots of um, kind of lots of red fruit notes that that made both of those wines incredibly special and and then one thing that i've also always loved about about the work that they do is their focus their commitment to sustainability. They have a gold lead certified winery. They're they're very um, they're very aware of of our environment and that we need to protect our environment, which I am very very pleased with, especially on the heels of of executive orders that continue to be signed. Yes, um, you know we we just have to I think supporting supporting farms and wineries and because it's all farming that that keep the environment in in mind and in check it's it's so easy to do when the wines are so good so um just just really special and and exciting to to be able to try those wines it was a i think that uh so one of my memories is their one of their high-end wines is the catherine Mm -hmm. and that that wine to me is Oh wow! Stellar. Yeah, if you can get a hand, if you can get yeah. hold on a bottle of that, they have a, a Bergfield from St. Helena. I've always yeah. kind of I, I love the earthy dustiness of Rutherford. I'm also I think that there's kind of a femininity maybe to some mm-hmm. of the the different um, St. Helena vineyard wines that we've had, and that's one that that I think is exceptional. Um, their Excelsior also mm. really exceptional. But even just you know their their Napa Merlot, it's it's kind of the one of those Merlots when people won't won't tell me that they don't drink Merlot. I'm like, yeah, drink this. Just just give it a try. Because, because they believe that nonsense from Sideways. Yes. Love um, Sideways, but that's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's it is. nonsense. Some of the greatest wines in the world are predominantly Merlot. And yes. and they and and they're they're consistently wines that you can can believe in. And and it's also great that that they're they are in Dallas a lot. They are Texas you know in Texas a lot as well as out in California a lot. And so um it's, it's fun to it's see fun to, the halls Craig and Kath, because I've never really talked with Craig. Mm-hmm. I think I've been in the room with him once, and, mm-hmm. but spoke with him this week quite a bit. And, uh, and to see Catherine there, who we both know, and to watch you talk wine with her. And then across the table is Faye Dunaway. Yeah. And then to the left is Robert Our Benton. Ben. And it's a small room of about 250 people. So this was this very special. You know, the Dallas Film Society that puts on the Dallas International Film Festival has been around for a number of years. And and uh, and it's it's an important thing. It's an important part of, the, I think, the 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 branding and the structure of a city Absolutely. Uh, to honor the arts and in this way over 10 days to honor films. Well, that's the and nice thing. And let filmmakers come in and just show their stuff and you can talk to them and, and have meet them. And a conversation. Yeah, because yeah. we still have, what, eight or nine days yes. still of, of the festival because it just opened um, yeah. technically last night on Thursday. So, uh, 
there's some really interesting films. There's there's everything from shorts to to full length features to docs. It's it's a great mix of 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 new films. Everything has to and everything has to be new or made within the last year. Is right. that correct? Right. They're all within the last year. And and there's a Texas category of Texas made films. But I think the, I think the biggest thing that we see uh, that I come away from festivals are not big Hollywood premieres, but it's the it's the small documentaries. Yeah. You know, last year we saw Tower. Yeah. Tower premiered at this festival and then I think should have been nominated for an Oscar this year. It was it was on the bubble. But boy, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you see here and it's it's Well, really and there's important. a we have a, a connection that we have a friend that d- did her film The Big Spoon. I think it's um Saturday. Mallory. Yeah, Mallory. Yeah. Zachary Knighton's in that film. Yeah. It's it's and I think Saturday night it screens I think like ten o'clock, something yeah. like that. So yeah, and it's nice to also see films that you've known there are there are a lot of Texas films and and that we've kind of watched um, that finally can kind of have a, a stage to shine. And we're going to honor like, David Gordon Green, who did Pineapple Express. Oh, uh, awesome. it's a, it's, that's a weed movie. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weed road trip movie. And we're also gonna, and we're going to honor our friend, the great Bill Paxton. Yeah. So they're going to they're going to screen uh, one of his films and honor him. And I I think that's great. So kudos to you for Hall Wines because. Oh. Kudos to them hey, for making good, the wine. Kudos for them for for bringing us. Some and really my good idea juice. of a perfect evening is uh, one night maybe we're in New York and we call up uh, Robert Benton and his wife Sweet Sally, Sally. Yes. and we have a glass of hall wine. I think that's a good time and hang out in Manhattan. <laughs> Next week on Wine and Film, a perfect pairing: more new films, including the new Terrence Malick film set in Austin. It's called Song to Song, and get the cast: Rooney Mara, Ryan Gosling, Michael Fassbender. Natalie Portman. Wow. I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm so excited for this film. But for more on today's show, please check out our blog on Cogill Consulting or through Facebook. Be sure to follow Gary on uh, Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film a perfect pairing. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.